Blog Talk Radio. One evening, an elderly Cherokee brave told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is angry, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other, however, is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute, and he asked his grandfather, well, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, it's the one you feed. (laughs) So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what part of the world you're listening. Uh, We'd like to welcome you to uh, day number six of Write Your Own Book Club live here on on Blog Talk Radio or on your favorite uh, platform that you might be listening to, maybe a recorded show. Um, every Saturday here, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time here on Blog Talk Radio Live, our host, Bill Green, who you might heard chuckle in the background, provides a virtual classroom. <laughs> um, our show is uh, is open for engagement as well for, you know, for the listeners. The chat room is open. If you're listening online, just access it with your free Blog Talk Radio account. You can also call in using the number 516-387-1587. Again, 516-387-1587. You press 1 on your keypad. That will put your phone number in our queue. That will let me know that you would like to come in and maybe ask uh, ask Bill a question or maybe a comment or anything. Uh, as always, we like to remind you all, uh, before we get going here, to grab a pen and paper, pencil and pad, a post-it note, and a marker, <laughs> whatever you got because you may have some questions. We don't want you to forget your questions. But most importantly, we want to make sure that you uh, document any notes you have, any notes that you may pick up from today's class. Um, yeah, I just kind of lost my train of thought there. So without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce and bring in our instructor, my dad, the Lions historian, Bill Green. Hey, good morning, Dad. Good morning, man. Hey, how you doing? You never used <laughs> that good. word instructor. Yeah, you never used that word yeah, instructor yeah, before. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of trippy. I like it, though. That, yeah, that part came, and then everything else was like, okay, that's enough.
day six. You know, and in case you're all saying day six, yeah, well, it's Saturday. <laughs> but for some, that's the first day of the week. But anyway, um, right. I mean, yeah, the sixth day. Anyway, but day six, you know, we uh, we have this show we watch, um, 24. Uh, it was in reruns <laughs> now, of course. I'm I'm watching it now. 216 hours of 24. But um, you know, twenty four is a is a is a season long it was a season long series, but that season long series was encapsulated in twenty four hours, so it was like twenty four um, episodes. And Will said to me one day, "So what day are you on?" And I'm like, "What in the heck is he talking about?" You know, there's all kind of, you know, it's it's only one day, and that was his point. So it's like a nine-year series is really only nine days. So, um, so when he says day six, it's like whatever, however long this series runs, we're on day six right now. So I think I explained that relatively well, even if it didn't make any sense. But I kind of covered yeah. that well. Yeah, right. yeah, day six, week six, episode six. You know, um, so this is the sixth broadcast of Write Your Own Book Club. How about that? This yeah, sixth class. You know. The sixth class, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just for the, you know, it's just for the, for the pucker people. Yeah, I wanted to just make sure that everybody understood. All right, man. So, how's your week been since last, since last we um, met on Saturday, man? You know, I mean the, um, it it it's been all right. Um, I I went back and watched. Uh, I watched Finding Forrester again, so that was fun. Cool. All right. Um, All right. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, and so this has been a, it's this week has been a little little different. You know, there's been some some personal things that I had to 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 do to you know to take care of. But Imagine you know, I mean, that. what what is? Yeah, I mean, what is life without you know those those things that we deal with, right? But right. Um, right. right. You know, like like I always tell people, you know, you ask somebody, you know, hey, how's it going? And they respond, well, it's going. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> okay. you know. Yeah, I mean, the problem is when it stops, right? So, hey, things are still going, man. So, you know, we're still going. You know, we're still doing right. it. On. So I feel yeah. good. And how's your writing coming? Um, you know, and and so therein lies the rub, as you say. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a Bill Whoa. Green special right there, ladies and gentlemen. There lies the rub. Therein lies the rub. Okay, elaborate um, a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, you know, uh, handling some of of life's uncertainties, if you will. Um, I really didn't have a chance to really dive too much into um, focusing on writing, like I've, you know, been feeling these last couple of weeks, last few weeks. Now I did mm-hmm. actually, uh, I did actually last Sunday. What was it? I'm trying to remember when I, I caught up with my mom. It was last weekend, and uh, we happened to go past a bookstore. And I grabbed a a book, a journal book. I was looking for another journal book, right? Cool. Yeah. But this, and I did, and I didn't tell you about this. I wanted to save it for today's show. So this well, book, yeah. 
so this book is called uh, it looks it looks like a journal book, and I, th- I thought that's what it was at first, but it has a, a, a title on the front here. It says "Complete the Story." It says ah. some some stories end badly, some end well, and others just keep going. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And so yeah, I opened it up. I, I think you might be familiar with what this is. So I opened it up and looked at it, and on each page it starts a story. Um, like I just opened one up here. It was just a game, of course, but it was more than that, and everybody knew it. They were from the upscale part of town, and we were from the wrong side of the track literally north of the rail line, and then that's it. You have to complete the rest of the story. So I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, this is a really cool exercise in yeah. writing a story, right? And Absolutely. And it actually, it was, it, was, it, was, it was last Saturday, now that I think about it, because I remember what's the coincidence. Of course, there's no such thing as coincidence. But what a coincidence to find this type of book Right after we're, right after we're talking about writing our own story. Yeah, man. so I'm like this. Man, this yeah, is a man. cool exercise. So, um, yeah. so you know, I didn't really do a lot of writing, but I like that I am preparing for it. You know, so I definitely gotcha. have some exercises yeah. that I'll be getting into. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. And and you know, I asked you that kind of. I mean, I was calling myself setting you up, but, I mean, it's perfect how you uh, <laughs> shared the story about, you know, what you found at the bookstore. Me and Yama have a have a, a long history uh, of that kind of um, um, journey, you know, back in the day when, when there was this place called Crock and Britannos. Um, mm-hmm. And she and I had, had since divorced, but um, when I, you know, when I... Um, when I returned to a degree of sanity, um, friendship between us was restored, as it was with you and I. And so, whenever I was in town for the weekend, you know, we would take um, un- unplanned excursions out to um, Evergreen Plaza there on the far south south uh, west side. And um, I think y'all started calling it Ever Black, <laughs> which which. It has its own story as far as the shifting <laughs> culture was concerned. But, uh, right. you know, Crocs right. was there at Evergreen Plaza, and we would always wander into Crocs and Britannos. And it was actually in Crocs and Britannos, there must be some magic about your mom, because it was there that I saw this book um, that was um, about, self, about the, um, publishing. It was like the Writer's Digest is what it was called. And it was a thick book. I mean, it was like, you know, uh, Webster's Dictionary set. And it had in it, you know, a list of publishers um, and self-publishers. And I had never heard of self-publishing before. Um, Everybody has an idea of, you know, you write a book, you send it to a publisher, and then they print it, and then you make a million dollars. That's pretty much the sketchy understanding most people have about writing a book initially or getting it published. So it was the adventure in the self-publishing back in 90, that would have been like 91, 92, that led to the eventual um, publishing of my first one, Dysfunctional by Design, The Rebirth of Cultural Survivors. But it was what, what planted the seed was, well, you know, I guess I could go all the way back to 
you know, 1975 or whatever year it was. It's 71. I think that was the year we got married. And it was like, you know, again, it's like the coins in the pocket kind of thing. You know, um, to tell this story, I need to start at the beginning, but where does it begin? And, you know, like, so it would start with, you know, the relationship with your mom that led to the marriage, that led to the divorce, that led to the return to the relationship as friends, that led to, you know, doing healthy things like wandering into a bookstore that led me to this particular reader, writer's digest that led to discovering self-publishing that led to the development of dysfunctional by design that I wound up using in a classroom of a program that I developed. So it was like my entrepreneurship. So, you know, it's it, it's always to me, you know, like I loved what you found at the bookstore because that's a perfect, to me, it's a perfect exercise in writing. It plants the seed and it gives permission for your imagination to connect with the paper. And that's really, you know, what it's all about. It's all ideas, you know, are born from, I'll put it this way, ideas of writing are born from our imagination. And, of course, our imagination is stimulated by our thoughts. But if you can't imagine it, it can't happen. So that's great that you have that, um, that exercise. It's like, Red leather, yellow leather, right? It's great you have that. You know, but but my my thing was I was calling myself setting you up because I knew that you would, you know, get into, you know, um 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 self debasement. You know, I knew you would start this mm-hmm. deprecation of what you haven't done. But the truth of it is and, and I was waiting to be able to interject this ah, this Yoda moment. <laughs> you know, like no, man, you know, you just wrote for your for your program on Thursday. See, right. we, we write all we write all the time. You know, so the question is how you coming with your writing. You know, not how you coming with your book, not how you coming with your artwork, not how you coming with your lyrics, not how you coming with your song and dance, you know. No, it's how you coming with your writing. And and I think one of the things that those who tune into a show like this need to keep in mind Almost every day you're right, we're writing. It's just a matter of recognizing that that's what's happening. It's just that we don't always give ourselves permission to see it that way. You know, whether it's texting, messaging, tweeting, or twitting, I always say it. I guess there's some writing that happens in Instagram. I haven't figured that one out yet. I know emailing is kind of as archaic as letter writing, but nevertheless, emailing still happens. Matter of fact, I just mailed your cousin Ray yesterday. Hey, <laughs> you know, and um, and of course, writing for for purpose and self, you know, self gratification. So we're almost always writing. It's just that this is a new techno technological era we live in. So writing has been um, simplified to such a degree that we don't even know we're doing it anymore. Uh, I remember early on, back in the you know days of. Um, cavemen and campfires, um, I used to have a typewriter. <laughs> I mean, an actual bang, bang, bang typewriter. Ding! Tap, tap, tap. You know, typewriter was a royal. And, um, you know, I mean, I think about that. I said two things. I said, you know, I mean, <laughs> hey, man, I'll tell you, it's hard work <laughs> trying to get this thing right. <laughs> you good. It's all right. <laughs> stop it, stop it. <laughs> 
Looking at, thinking back on when I, early on in my career as a counselor, and and there had to be typewritten reports or whatever, whatever the situation was, using a typewriter, man, I mean, I was familiar with it because when I was in the service, you know, uh, teletypewriting is, is like using a typewriter. But I think about the writers of old who wrote those big novels, you know, like Hemingway or Harold Robbins or Jacqueline Suzanne, you know, the real stalwarts. <laughs> I think, man, they banged it out on this on this mechanical monster, you know, and not having all the luxuries that we have on the computer keyboard. What an amazing process it must have been, you know, to have to, you know, bang this out on this mechanical device, have to use that um, that 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 whiteout, you know, or or actually just reach over and scratch a uh, word out and write over the top. But it it, it was a, to, I would imagine a different process in the engagement of writing a novel or a book or whatever the case may have been, um, as opposed to the the luxuries that we have now that really simplifies the mechanics of it. You know, the thought process is still a thought process. But at least the mechanics of it doesn't require a shift in thinking, you know. Like you um, took a typing class, and, and man, I, I even though I was a radio teletype operator and I did it for two years, and I never learned how to um, type without looking, <laughs> even though that was a requirement. You know, my mother was a hunt and peck, you know, person, but she could type probably you know, 60 words a minute with their hunt and peck skills. And unfortunately, I decided, oh, she can do it. That's the way to do it. You know, I was, I'm always looking for the shortcut. <laughs> Even though the shortcut usually, has, you know, takes going all the way around the block just to get across the street. So I can touch, I can't type by touch, but because I have not practiced at it, I don't trust it. I have my fingers are mechanically trained to know the keyboard, but because I haven't trusted the process, I have to use my eyes. I mean, is this metaphor or is this metaphor? And I think that's what happens so often when it comes to the challenge of actually sitting down and creating something on paper. We tend to trust our eyes more than we trust our thoughts. And... Um, what I see is my proof and not what I'm thinking. And that's the unfortunate struggle that so many people have when it comes to, you know, writing something creative, trusting the eyes more so than trusting the thoughts. The thoughts is what generates the imagination and, and the, the the dynamic that takes place when engaging pen and paper or, or you know, um, keypad or keyboard and paper or screen, you know, and and it's a matter of really getting the eyes out of the way. That's the first challenge in writing um, a book. Now, I'm assuming I'm doing a little bit of a sketchy review over the past five weeks. Hard to believe this is, as you put it, day six already, right? Um, And just without really getting into, you know, the detail of what we, this is the review. Um, I'm assuming still that people who 
find their way to a, a virtual class like this feel that they either one of three things, have a story to tell, think they have a story to tell, or not really sure if they have a story to tell. And I would hope that that third one is really the hook, is really the draw. Not really sure if I have a story to tell. Let me just see what this thing is about and if I can find some inspiration or some some connection there um, that, that will kind of push me over the edge. I really believe that all writers go, all writers in the initial stage of writing go through this. Not really sure that they have a story. We're not really sure that we have a story. We're not really sure that you have a story to tell. And there's nobody who can convince you that of you. But like minds, sure can inspire it. Um, I would strongly encourage anybody who may be out there today um, to consider if there is a feeling to write, connect with that which will feed that feeling. That's what I love about you telling the two wolf stories at the beginning today. You know, um, find that, that, that element of connection that will inspire, encourage, or otherwise nudge the creative mind to trust that there's something up there crying to be released. And it's really gotten into that annoying stage now where it won't leave me alone. Find, you know, that element of connection that will, you know, give permission to release the Kraken and let that let that idea out. You know, and and, 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 and not so much be around the same cut and dry people who don't share that interest. You know, there there's nothing more defeating to have a desire to write but to be around people who have a fear of writing. As soon as you open your mouth about how I'm thinking about writing a book, it's just going to be shot down. And it's not going to be shot down because people don't, you know, think you have the ability. It's just by you mentioning writing to people who have a fear of writing, are you going to hear expressed from them is their fear. But it's going to come out like, why are you wasting your time doing that? Well, nobody don't make any money off of doing that. You don't have nothing. What you know? What 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 story do you think you have to tell that would be interesting? Most of us have incredibly great stories to tell, but because of those we hang with, we're afraid of revealing that story. You know, yeah. it's like I don't want to let people in yet. I'm not ready to. So you know, that's that's fine. That, that that's that's whatever it is. You know, but. Understand this, no matter what it is, no matter what the vehicle is that we choose to use to, 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 announce, to, the, to announce to the world that we're here, whether we open up our thoughts or whether we open up our mouths, either one puts everything about us immediately at risk. So you're telling who you are whether you're trying to avoid it or not. So the idea of, of, of writing a book, well, you know, it, it, it's... This is, it's the 10-question thing, right? Who am I? Why am I? What are some of the things I love most about myself? What are some of the things I love least about myself? What secrets do I keep, do I keep closely guarded about my life? What do I guard, why do I guard those secrets so closely? What hidden or unique talent do I have? What do people love most about me? What do people love least about me? 
have I discovered unexpected treasures about myself lately? And if not, why not? There are always things about me waiting to be discovered. Or do I really believe that? You know, so these are the initial challenges right away that, believe me, you know, it would have been maybe much more mechanically sound and sensible to just start in in a virtual class like this talking about the framework of book writing. But, you know, this is about write your own book club. This is about writing your own book. This is about putting your script on paper about your life, about what you're leaving behind, what I'm leaving behind, what we're leaving behind for others to discover about us long after we're gone. Or maybe some can discover it while we're still here. But it's to be something more than just the dash between the dates of that tombstone that hovers above that grave where the, my remains rest. You know, it's a, a matter of, of giving myself an opportunity to really give notice and acknowledgement of that I am here, not that I was here. You know, but, you know, even I was here it has its own value. So anyway, you know, keeping those ten things in mind has its, has its own value and approach. And and then, of course, you know, it's always a, a more difficult shift to consider the therapy of writing. Anytime we engage any of those methods mentioned earlier, you know, that um, release our thoughts, texting, messaging, emailing, et cetera, there are thoughts that's being expressed that are being influenced by whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Where those thoughts are going requires the same from the receiver. Now, they have to engage wherever their thoughts and feelings take them as they're reading and trying to interpret my thoughts and feelings based on what they just received. So this is a wonderful engagement and a therapeutic approach. I, you know, um, I don't think she's on the line right now, but I won't say her name. I just am going to tell about this story, but, yeah, she's not here. So even if she was, she wouldn't mind. I'm not saying her name. Um, a, a friend of mine who I've known for a while now since I've been here in Plano, and, you know, we bounced back and forth with, you know, what the hell is our relationship all about? <laughs> and so I was um, texting her about uh, uh, something that, that um, I was questioning and feeling, and she texted me back that, well, this is the kind of thing we should talk about. And I texted her back, no, because if we talk about it, we're going to wind up arguing. So it's like, you know, texting gives me a chance to just say it on, on paper what I'm thinking and feeling. And then, you know, as, as in this case, as she would receive it, then it's going to take her thoughts and feelings, you know, and she's going to have to just anticipate what mine are, but it's going to stir hers based on what she's thinking. And then we can, you know, do this dance without, you know, being distracted by, you know, um, verbal disagreement, which always, almost comes, almost always comes out like the disturbance of arguing. So, you know, like, and, and after we did a few, you know, textings, then she said, 
oh, okay, I see where you're coming from now. And it's like, yeah, baby, bet. <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't have to go through the whole thing of apologizing for being impatient or being less than tolerant. And I was like, you know, wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, most relationships don't survive very long if they're only fueled by texting, you know. Um, so anyway, just wanted to share that a little bit. There's always therapy going on in writing, always, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not. You know, it's just a shared event of expressed feelings being put on paper that require, you know, uh, an engagement of my thoughts. Now, that, of course, leads to a more challenging part of writing, you know, which is degrees of honesty. Again, that's all about the therapeutic process. How honest am I willing to be with myself as I engage your imagination? You know, how honest am I going to be with what you're going to have available to you to determine the authenticity of what I'm sharing? You know, know, writing's a (laughs) bugger. It really is. So with all that said, as um, somewhat of a precursor or an intro to today's class, which if anybody notices, is untitled because it's really uh, about the title is really what the class is, you know, how to write, you know, um, what's the name of our class? <laughs> the Write Your Own Book Club. You know, this is really about, you know, <laughs> this is the title. Write your own book, you know, so that's really what the title of today is. Do I see somebody in the queue, or is that just us looking at each other? No, there there is a, a phone number uh, waiting in the queue, yeah. Uh, what do you think? You think, you know, um, at the half-hour mark, this is a good time to bring them in, bring the person in, him, in, him or her? Yeah, they they pressed one when I gave the uh, reminders. Oh, you know what? Before we do that, you know, so we always give our reminders at the beginning of our of our shows here. You know, grab your pen mm-hmm. and pad and our engagement process with everybody. But what I also like to do is, uh, you know, like to to leave another reminder with this with this show with this class. Um, and you know, you we you you we call this write your own book club, but. I know that today you'll kind of get more into, uh, well, you get into that, what today's uh, discussion is. But just mm-hmm. I, like to remind, I like to remind the listeners that, you know, maybe it's not a book per se, but maybe right. it's some other form of expression, uh, some, some method of artistry that uh, our listeners may have through, you know, art, dance, uh, whatever, you know, um, so I just like to always leave that reminder as well. I'm sure you were going to do that anyway, but I always think that's a really cool reminder that you 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 kick off and you let everybody know, because sometimes the book itself can be just like ooh, you know, such a uh, um, not overwhelming but intimidating, you know, um, at times. So there are other skills and gifts that our listeners may have that they can use this and apply that to other things. So I just wanted to, to drop point. that in there. Yeah. No, good point, good point, good reminder. And to, um, to, to, to go a little bit deeper in, 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 in the point that you just raised, um, so we can co- also cover the whatever, um, 
whatever the, the form is, whatever, the form is that we use to express our, our, our creative edge, some degree of thought and more than likely some degree of script is going to need to be applied just to, just to offer a direction or, if you will, an outline. But the point being made is not thinking that, okay, I'm, I'm an artist. I like to draw. So I would like to tell my story in my art. But this dude is saying, but i got to write a book to do that. No, no, no. The point that you're making is the valid point. You know, the person's book is their art. So, you know, write your own book club. You can italicize book, you know, and recognize it as metaphor. It's how do you write your book? And maybe that's the question to be asked, you know. How do you write your book? Yeah, matter of fact, I'm writing that down. <laughs> how do you write your book? You know, do you write it, you know, in script? Do you write it in, in novel form, in book form? Do you write it in artistry? Do you write it in dance? Do you write it in lyrics? Do you write it in song? Um, it, it, almost, I, I don't think I've ever heard a performing artist or group talk about their niche without giving some history to it. You know, like to hear the the Temptations, for an example, the old, the, the original Temptations. In in an interview, five guys would give their perspective of what drew them, you know, to the group. They would tell their story, you know, and that story is like the intro to their music, and it, and get the background of the story. How much more depth, you know, it provides when listening, you know, to the group you know, sing their song like, you know, the Temptations were the primes and the Supremes were the primettes. So they, they knew each other before they became who they became at Motown. But what a, you know, and grew up in the Baltimore region. What a wonderful, you know, uh, precursor to understanding some of the historic background. And Stevie Wonder, you know, I mean, I wonder about Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Ray Charles and and Roy Orbison or anybody, you know, who I would say can't see, but they see what I can't see, you know. So, you know, where does that, you know, come from? So, and then, of course, is even the writing a book that is done in Braille. You know, I can't read Braille, but I could learn it. But there's a story there waiting to be discovered and what it would take to uncover it. Yeah, so and I don't know if I covered you know all the arts. I'm sure there's others, uh, or there's even sub you know others in the others. Like you know, dance might mean modern dance, might mean ballet. Um, the idea of, of writing a, a script might be writing a, 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 a um, what do you what do you call it when it's performed on stage? You know, um, it, 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 there's just so many different avenues and approaches that my own individual story is just looking for its own release. So, yeah, thank you for for making that point. It may not be, you know, the mechanics of creating my story around the demand of a book. Instead, it might actually be my story told in the method I used, I use most creatively. So right on for that, man. I, I um I'm, I'm glad you um, brought that in. 
And so anyway, coming back to um, the call, you want to bring them in, maybe, see what they're talking about, see if I'm going to mute them or not? <laughs> oh, man, here we go. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a caller here, area code 901, area code 901. I appreciate your patience. And good morning. Thanks for joining Write Your Own Book Club. Good morning. I, I pressed one. This is my first time being here, and I pressed one thinking that it would um, just give me the opportunity just in case I wanted to have a comment. So I okay. got a little bit confused. This, my name is Osaya K. Wayne. Hi, Bill. Hey. What's hey. up, <laughs> I'm glad to, to be listening. I've, I've I thank you for this. Thank you for inviting me, and you've already dropped gems that I needed to hear, so I appreciate it. But, yeah, that's why I pressed one. It was just let me make sure that I'm in the queue just in case. But, no, that's yeah. all. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, just to, and just to let you know, and for anybody else that's listening, um, so the way that the, 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 the system works, um, we can keep you in there, and that's fine. Uh, you can press one again, and that will take you out. And then, okay. if you want to come back in, just press one again. Okay, got and it. Thank you. And that'll put you back in there. So, if something comes up, any questions or any other comments or anything, just just hit it again, and it will bring you back. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, thank but you. Before we let be, no, wait, before we let you go, yeah. we got to put you on the spot. Are you thinking about writing a book? <laughs> Uh, Actually, you know, you made one point um, earlier about when the thought of writing won't leave you. Mm -hmm. And since I was was writing when I was a teenager, I wrote for a newspaper in school. And I would always write, yeah, and I I I would always write the opposite opinion about things, just just to imagine you know, that. how people look. <laughs> um, but for years, my, my mother has been on me about writing my story, and I just been really dismissive yeah. about it. And yeah. um, it's, it's a lot. Like I don't, I don't, I didn't know if I really wanted to share it. I didn't know mm-hmm. how it even began because it's intense and it's mm-hmm. really sacred. And um, mm-hmm. but I've always enjoyed writing and. I, I wrote research for a while, um, and, and I was getting my master's degree and my bachelor's degree. So I, writing has been in my wow. life. I just have never really I, – I've published. I publish um, scientifically in scientific journals. But, see, that's safe, right? That that's safe yeah. I'm behind wow. my intellectualism and behind research. And so it just becomes like the technical yeah. type of writing. Yeah. So now yeah. I'm finally like, all right, let's just – own up to the fact that you do have a story to tell and this won't leave you. Amen. And every time you think about what your purpose is, this always comes up. And I get really upset about it because it's something that I felt like I couldn't really do. And I'm, it's just so far-fetched mm-hmm. to consider myself an author. Um, so now I'm kind of like, all right, let's just dive in. And so when you when you sent me this and you sent me this invite, I was like, oh, my gosh, this yeah. is divine right here. Amen. Let me make sure yes, that I'm yes, doing. Yes. Right on, right on. That's right. Yeah, divine and intent and purpose. You know, when in fact, you know, the story is just waiting to be released. I mean, look, if you're not telling your story, who will? 
I don't know if you're married. I don't know if that even matters to you. I don't know if children have anything to do with your lifestyle. But you have relatives. You have people who will be looking you up on Ancestry.com one day. And unfortunately, <laughs> Ancestry.com won't reveal the, 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 the in-depth story of you. It will give a nice, uh, sketchy profile, and there will be people like your mom and others who will sit around and brag about having known you, and they'll give their perspective of their story about you. But if you're not uh-huh. telling your story, you know, who are you entrusting that story to? You know, uh, they're, they're, you know it, it's it's not, you know, look, look I've, I've, everything I've written, uh, there's, there's me in it. But not all uh-huh. of me. <laughs> you know, I, I like to say that my life is an open book. But you know, baby, there's some X-rated chapters I ain't ready to talk about yet. You know, so you know, but I've I've learned enough about me, and it, you know, at my age, it's like you know, who gives a damn? I don't care. You know, but it's like, well, I'll give you an example. My daughter-in-law, my daughter-in-law um, was re- you know, she was so encouraging and inspiring and. And um, just a real source of energy um, to, for me to finish this book that I just finished um, a little while ago, Mastering the Art of Failure in Relationships. And I remember mm-hmm. at one point she said, I don't want to read any of your drafts. I don't want to, I just, you know, I just know it's going to really be great. And, you know, I just, whenever I would leave her company, I would just be shining, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> finally the, the day of the, of the release came and I sent her a copy. And, uh, you know, like, I was expecting, oh, Dad, wow, this is really, you know, everything. But I, I waited, mm-hmm. and I waited, and I waited, <laughs> and I never heard from her. So finally, oh. you know, I found the perfect reason to call her. And it was, you know, making sure she got the book, which she did, making sure that um, she would be willing, my reason for calling, because I wanted to ask her if she would do a review, which she could post on mm-hmm. Amazon. And she said, well, Dad, and I thought, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> she didn't like the book, <laughs> which, which would have been oh, fine, wow. uh-huh. which would have been fine, because the one thing I learned a long time ago, in order to be a successful writer, as you know already, by the way, I forgot your name, too, if you don't mind repeating it. Oh, EA, you can call me EA. I'll say EAK1. EA. Wow, mm-hmm. now, tell me EA isn't a writer's name, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, so, so she, um, yeah, I learned a long time ago that, you know, which, again, my point was, and I know you already know this, EA, you know, that um, mm-hmm. in order to be a successful writer, you must have a healthy ego. Now, because writing can take so many different avenues, my healthy ego may be mechanical. It may be technological, you know. It, it, but the point being, it, it, you know, that I'm writing this from a perspective of being prepared to be graded. So if my ego's healthy enough, I can accept the grade as inspiration to carry on or do more work. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't concerned about whether she liked it or not. I was concerned that she didn't feel she could let me know that she didn't like it. So... I had to kind of, like, work my way through the weeds to find out what was going on. And so she finally said, Dad, I could barely get through the first couple chapters. She said, at one point, I had to stop reading. I just can't read any more of it. She said, I felt like I had wandered into the back of your closet, and I found an old shoebox, 
And as I was rough, as I was um, rustling through the shoebox, I, re- I realized I was reading things I had no business reading. And I thought, what Whoa. a great review. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what? I said, please write that. So she did. She actually put the review in essence saying I could only get halfway through it before I felt like I was in the back of this closet looking through a shoebox I had no business reading, you know, looking through. And, you know, what a wonderful review. <laughs> I mean, the flowers and the, and the glory and the songs in the background. Yeah, that's great. But the truth is yeah. the point, you know, the truth. Yeah. But even though I had I had kept so many parts, of, well, not so many, but many parts of me out of the book because I wasn't ready for people to say, damn, <laughs> you know, still what I put down there was enough for her to say, whoa, too much. So, you know, uh-huh. it's it's the therapy of writing that matters. Mm-hmm. How much mm-hmm. honesty can I put out here? That's the only requirement, you know. How much honesty can I put out here? But even recognizing degrees of honesty is therapeutic in its own form you know, because I'll have to engage what it is I'm dealing with. You know, do I really want people to know this about me? Well, it's not a secret to me. So just asking that question, that's therapeutic in itself. And then the dialogue that has a chance to follow up, you know, it's like, you know, the things that you're talking about, I'm sure this is what your mom would say. You don't know how helpful your story would be to others. You know, um, that's the whole point of anything that we read, anything that we watch, anything that we discover, anything we're drawn to. It's always the attraction of the story, you know, that that turns us on. Everybody doesn't like everything, you know, but somebody likes something. Uh, There's movies I love. There's movies I love that other people would go, huh? (laughs) You know, there's books that I don't read that other people say, you should read this. You know, it's like, nah, you know, that that doesn't do it for me. You know, and, Mm -hmm. and so anyway, I'm sorry, taking the long way around the block. No, I, mean, I would, yeah, if, there's, if there's any words of 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 encouragement that I could offer, it would be, or any, yeah, any words because it's more than one. It would be tell your story to yourself first, yeah, and then decide, and then decide. You know, how much of, of your story do you want others to know? You might just find out, wow, this ain't so bad to me. It probably won't be so bad to them. But the hardest uh-huh. thing to do is to be honest with ourselves. You know, just it's like, oh, I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to, you know, I don't want to be reminded of this. I don't want to go through the trauma. Well, there's a trauma that we go through by avoiding trauma. You know, so, you know, just just consider in that quiet place in meditation, you know, to just take a a quick review of your story and decide and decide. Okay. You know, but your your mind lying. You know, remember your mama knew you before you did. <laughs> so if she's telling you that you got a story to tell, baby girl, you got a story to tell. You know, most most of our parents would say, "I hope you don't tell nobody about this." <laughs> That's yeah. true. 
course, I've always yeah. kind of joked yeah. that she really wants to be on Oprah. That's all that she really cares about. But nonetheless, well, that's that. My, my great, my great, my great uh, hope, my great, um, if my my imaginative side, you know, always saw me one day being on the Johnny Carson show. So that you know, it, ah. it's 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 wherever the inspiration comes from, and wherever mm-hmm. the drive, you know, manifests. You know, so right on, Mama. You know, so um, mm-hmm. we're gonna keep. I mean, we're gonna keep. You know, you decide if you want to. You know, um, jump in or not. But I, I tell you, Will, Will is my oldest son, and he's like my okay. my EP. He's the executive mm-hmm. producer of this show, and he's caller friendly. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of a get off my lawn kind of guy. <laughs> so you know, um, so I see. You know, he's keeping you, you, your mic open. So if you want to mute yourself. Just hit one, and if you want to come back in to make a comment, hit one again, okay? Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. So stay with us as long as you can uh, because I'm going to get into more of the mechanics of of, um, of this whole thing, you know, which um, huh, I was wondering why the time wasn't moving. It's because my screen is frozen. <laughs> so I have no <laughs> idea what time it is. Okay. So stay stay with us if you want, and jump back in if you feel the desire to, okay? Okay. All right. Thanks for calling. Thank you. So, Will, I'm totally dependent on you. I'm flying blind, so I can't see the uh, switchboard, so I don't know if there's any other callers in the queue. <laughs> I'll leave that totally up to you, okay? All right. Yeah, we're good so far. So I can't. Uh, there's see nobody the chat else. either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're we're good. We're good. It's all it's okay. all you. It's all. You. Oh, all right. So oh, if anything. Also, no. I, uh, you, you know, I was just thinking. So you know, we always get maybe somebody that has the opportunity to chime in for the first time. So uh, if this is your first time uh, having the opportunity to catch us live, awesome. Again, thank you. Um, and another reminder. Our shows are archived, so you can go back and listen to the previous shows. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we, we're live on Saturday mornings on the website here, Blog Talk Radio. Um, so you can go back to Dad's Blog Talk Radio site. That's blogtalkradio.com slash green. BG 52, green like the color, BG, Bill Green, 52. When you go to that, you'll see all the shows listed. Just scroll down. Um, our shows are also archived on Google and Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor, and some other podcast uh, archives. So um, that's just for those of you that's just tuning in. Um, we also have a Facebook uh, group page. That's called right. Write Your Own Book Club. And you can also get information. Uh, other notes that Dad will post, hint, 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 uh, that Dad will post on that group page as well. <laughs> nudge, nudge, nudge. <laughs> that was a smack. <laughs> no nudge. <laughs> so, yeah, just wanted to drop that uh, info also before you, before you really get going here. Because we've got about uh, – a little bit more than an hour left, so I know you're really going to crank yeah. it up now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I want to give a shout-out to K-Dub. 
You want to take that one on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So also in addition to uh, your websites that, that broadcast our shows, we also hooked up with an online radio station in Iowa, K-Dub Radio, kdubradio.com. Uh, our friend Alanda and her husband Matt have their own radio station that they broadcast every day, 24-7, Dub City Radio, K-Dub. So check them out as well. You know, we definitely like to to plug them and support them as much because they support us. And they actually rebroadcast our shows, uh, Write Your Own Book Club. Uh, You know what? I never did confirm the time that she'll rebroadcast the Saturday shows. Uh, And we also have a show on Thursday called The Greenhouse Effect. And that show was rebroadcasted on Wednesdays, but our live show is on Thursdays. Uh, but, yeah, shout out to K-Dub, Alanda, and her husband, Matt. So there are plenty of ways for you guys to catch up on our shows. Uh, you know, uh, one thing, if you're not familiar with Dad and I, we have a saying here, why use 100 words when 1,000 words will do? So it's always good to go back and. It's always good to go back and check out the archived episodes because I'm sure there might be something you might miss or something you might want to add on to what you already got. Right on. Right on. Outstanding. Great, man. Great job. That's that's why he's my EP, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I changed that that on my Facebook profile too, man. I put that on the executive producer, Greenhouse Effect, and write your own book club. So I'm like, why why, why the heck not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a wonderful little sequence in the in the movie Talk to Me where um Don Cheeto and this brother I just called Chipotle <laughs> Ecoford. I can't ever you know, I can't get his Ecoford, you know, something, something. You know, anyway, he's a wonderful British actor. He twelve years mm-hmm. a slave. Um he was in first time I saw him was in Armistad and, you know, um Everything I've seen him in, uh, he's in uh, Love Actually, you know. Um, so anyway, he's in wonderful the, British action, show. drama, action, drama, yeah. comedy, you know. Yeah, yeah. he's in everything. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, they have this one so little sequence yeah. where where they're talking to each other, and and the Don Cheadle character is his his career in radio is about to take off. And my boy Chipotle is, is, is saying, you know, uh, John, Don, Don Cheadle's character asks, well, man, why do you, you know, why do you want me to make your job that much more glorified or whatever? And, and, and Chipotle says, because you're not afraid to say the things that I'm afraid to say. And I'm not afraid to do the things that you're afraid to do, you know. And I thought, man, what a wonderful partnership. So somewhere in that partnership, I I felt me and you, you know. And and that might vacillate, that might that might fluctuate rather back and forth. But it's still the you know saying the things that one is afraid to say, and then doing the things that one is afraid to do. You know, what a wonderful way to to blend a relationship. So. Anyway, thank you for being that part of me that um, at times I'm afraid to do and at times I'm afraid to say, my man. You know. So moving on um, and going a little bit more in depth, maybe from a more mechanical perspective of um, writing your own book club, the idea of 
taking a look at what your book is, again, in italics, you know, um, whatever that idea of book is for you. What to consider before writing your book. Number one, do you have time and mental energy to commit to writing a complete book? Even if it's a book of, of, of dance or a book of acting or a book of art, somewhere your book is going to have to be explained to the observer. Somewhere the questions are going to come up and the answers need to be provided. Um, and one question might be, what inspired you to do this? What is your answer going to be? So do you have time and mental energy to commit to writing a complete book about you in regards to whatever that expression is that you take on? Number two, are you prepared to develop potentially unfamiliar skills like self-editing and rewriting? Um, and I'm going through these. I'm not going to talk slow enough for you to write all of them down so however you need to shorthand it, um, or if you need to go back and listen to um, this class as it's been archived, these will be repeated on the group page. You know, so it's three of them. Do you have time and mental energy to commit to writing a complete book? Whatever, again, book is to you. Are you prepared to develop potentially unfamiliar skills like self-editing and rewriting? And even e, not e, and even EA, it's like EA gave a perfect example earlier when she was talking. In, in doing a dissertation or in doing in a, a, something that requires technical skills, rarely is what is written going to be perfect in its initial draft. So it's going to, re, it's going to require some degree of, of rewriting or self-editing. Sometimes, if for, no, if for no other reason, be sure that the mechanics of the sentences makes sense, to be sure that, it, that the script itself is cleaned up. Are there too many commas? Are there too many dots? Are there, are there too many paragraphs that start with conjunctions like and and but? You know, these are mechanical considerations to um, make when having to deal with, some, you know, like most of us would just rather, I just want to do it, do it once and be done with it. Well, yeah, that's, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the only question is, what are you going to do with it? You know, so are you prepared to develop potentially unfamiliar skills like self-editing and rewriting? And number three, do you have a basic grasp of your main characters, plot, or subject matter? Now, let me back up. Do you have a basic grasp of your main characters? Well, it's really main character, and the main character is you. So that should read, do you have a basic grasp of your main character, you, the plot, and the subject matter. You know, so those are the three highlights to consider. Now, all the previous classes, um, I love saying that, you know, classes, were designed to stimulate um, the, uh, the creative imagination. Um, but without stimulating the creative imagination, the mechanics would just be mechanical. It wouldn't include the personal touch, the personal challenge, the personal trauma, you know, the personal fear. You know, um, the, the mechanics of writing can be and usually are mechanically very safe. You know, it's, it's already plotted out. 
it, it already has this basics of questions provided and answers to be created, you know, yet it, but there's still, even if it seems safe, even if it is like a dissertation or even if it is uh, something being written for the job or even though it may seem safe, believe me, no matter how it reads, the essence of you is behind every word. Um, it is still revealing, you know, the skill that you possess. The only challenge is do you want to turn it into something autobiographical? And there's always ways to even, you know, um, it can be semi-autographical, autobiographical, you know. You don't have to say, well, Bill Green is the main character by name, if that's my name. It could be, you know, a pseudonym. It can be, you know, a hidden name. That is, yeah, it's, it's, it's my story, but I'm not giving them my name. You know, I'm going to give a different name to it and tell the story. That's one way to do it. And all the supporting characters, they don't have to be the actual people. Just be sure that, I mean, they don't have to be the actual people's names. Just be sure that whatever name you assign somebody, be sure that you remember who that person is <laughs> when you're writing out the story. You know, like um, in Mastering the Art of Failure and Relationships, I've mixed up real names with made-up names. But the real names um, are people who have come and gone. Like my brothers, I use their real names, but they died. My mother, I don't use her name, but I use her as my mother. My sons, I never say their names. I just identify them as the oldest son, the middle son, or the youngest son. You know, um, But I never really, I never say, not never really, I never say their names as it is. So there's different ways to creatively approach telling one story, but the important thing is to have a basic grasp of the main character, who is you, the plot, and the subject matter. You know, what what does this have to do with me as the subject matter, and how does the plot thicken? <laughs> you know, um, I started out mastering the art of film. I didn't even intend to do this, but I'm going to do it real quick. Uh, well, I don't know how quick it's going to be. My intention is for it to be quick. Um, but I just want to read from the introduction. Um, this is how it starts. The introduction to the book starts. Hello. That's how I start all my books, with hello. I just That's what I do. That's going to be my brand, as my oldest son has taught me. So all of my books are going to start out with hello. Richard and Frank died not too long ago and within a few days of each other. Richard was my best friend when I was young. The news of his death was a total shock for me as it was for most who knew him. Richard was the picture of health, always working out and never gaining any weight. He was quick to smile and a loyal friend to all who knew him. In short, Richard was the kind of guy that our parents hoped all of us would become. Why can't you be more like your friend Richard was the mantra of the neighborhood and something that I relentlessly teased him with whenever the opportunity presented itself. After the funeral service, my friends from the old neighborhood and I gathered together to share a few stories about our memories of Richard and of each other. Although most of us had, never, had not seen each other for many years, news of Richard's passing seemed to somehow magically find us. And it was during this gathering that all of us learned of the passing of my dear friend Frank, who was the youngest and the last of our who was the youngest and the last to join our neighborhood group. You know, that's my hook 
as the conversation of authors go. Um, that that's my opening um, invitation for someone to uh, engage what else lies in 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 from cover to cover. Uh, but the point of it being, well, I use Richard and Frank. That's their real first names, but I didn't use their last names. So I know a lot of Richards and a lot of Franks. So that's that's like covering the the, the lawsuit uh, potential if there would ever be one. But one thing's for sure. Um, other than family or um, whatever the significant other titles would be, it's hard for somebody from the grave to sue you. <laughs> it's very difficult, if not impossible. So anyway, um, do you have a basic grasp of your main character, you, the plot and the subject matter? So that's where it starts, but the plot eventually unfolds to reveal the many challenges that I've had in relationships with others, not just women, you know, um, but with, you know, relatives and friends alike and with God. And although the, 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 the brunt of it is my encounters with, um, with, with females throughout my life. And um, so the plot is about mastering the art of failure in relationships. I developed an art form of failure. Um, and I say that because I'm not in one now. <laughs> so if I had succeeded... I'd be talking about, you know, the pastor and the art of success. So it was like having to overcome the art of failure, mastering. What, it, what, it, what was it that, you know, I missed? What was it that, was there a common theme? Was there footprints that, and fingerprints maybe that I left that would reveal, you know, my case? What, you know, because I failed in relationships with females, didn't mean I failed at love. It just meant the relationships eventually didn't pan out. So was there a common theme? Was there lines that connect the dots? And to understand that means to master that art of failure so that the art of failure now having conquered is not something that with me having an understanding of where I failed, now it gives me a clear direction as to avoid those rabbit holes in the future. And believe me, it has panned out that way. But it didn't pan out that way along the way. The plots changed. The subject matter shifted. Um, but being prepared to develop potentially unfamiliar skills like self-editing paid dividends. And the time and the mental energy, well, it took me five years to finish that one. Um, it didn't take me as long to finish Dysfunctional by Design. I think that just took a year. And I wrote a book um, a Soft Place to Land, which really is a collection of poems. That one only took, you know, getting over heartbreak. <laughs> so that was just months, and it was um, more or less a treasure hunt uh, that, that has been talked about in previous classes where although I was writing, um, I think it was Henry Miller who said um, when a relationship with a woman, in my case, but it could be a relationship with a man in, in, in other circumstances, but he said, when a, when a relationship with a woman fails, turn her into literature. So that's what I did with A Soft Place to Land. I, I turned the, 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 the heartbreak into poems. But I also had other poems I had written. So I decided, huh, what a wonderful way to just have a, a, a printed file, so to say. So I took the new poems and the old poems, gathered them together in a treasure hunt throughout my house, throughout my shoeboxes, in my closet, 
found all the old ones, some that were um, in, in, in dysfunctional by design. And with the new ones, and I just thought, let me just make this into a, a book real quick. It wasn't anything to turn profit, but it was something so I didn't have to keep going on a treasure hunt to find. It was like I had it in one form, in a soft place to land. So the mental energy to commit to writing a complete book is, it can be, it's going to be exhaustive no matter how long it takes, but it, it can be, you know, challenging in so many different ways. So with that in mind, I want to zip through some, how are we doing with time, Wilfredo? Looks like we got got about 45 minutes or so. That should be more than uh, enough time. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit more than, than 50. Um, we have one, okay. another caller in the in the queue. I didn't know. Did you want to keep ah. going or? No, no, no. Yeah, just let's let let's not chase them away. <laughs> As I'm prone to do. Yeah, I mean, you talk about you know what a thousand words will do. Yeah, bring them in. I didn't absolutely. Yeah, I didn't want to take you off stride here. Uh, area code two one four. Familiar area ah. code there. Area code two one four. Good morning, caller. Welcome. Good morning, good morning, team. Thank, thank you for being consistent, guys. What's uh, up? value. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Adding value to this, to this thing called writing my own book. Uh, I had a, uh, you know, reliving some of the trauma. Yeah. And just dawned on yeah. me earlier when y'all mentioned it earlier, like you was talking to the young lady. There's. There's trauma in avoiding the trauma. You know what I mean? Like, Amen. That's amazing. right. That's, that's, that's what that is, man. So, yeah. hey, yeah, guys, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm taking notes in the background. Uh, right now I'm on the road, though, but prior to prior to this call, uh, thank you for the feedback. Thank you for allowing us to form a plan to just notch that much closer to writing our own writing our own book, writing our own, you know, writing things about ourselves, getting to know ourselves a little a little better and a little more expressive. Uh, all of all of that all of that stirred in the pot, guys. You guys right on you guys, are, you guys are allowing us to, you know, throw stuff in that pot and see what's up. So keep it up. Right on man. Yeah. Man. As always, you know, thank you for calling in, man. It's always uh it's inspiring for me to hear your voice. Amen. All right. So stay with us. Jump in whenever you want. You got it. Thanks, Thanks guys. Okay. All right. All right. Anybody else, Will? Uh, not so far. That's it. Okay. So guidelines. That's what I want to um, talk about. Um, and, again, these will be posted in the group page, um, Write Your Own Book Club on Facebook. Um, there are ten that I want to cover. Um, first guideline is to make the time. So to make the, in, okay, let me, in writing whatever the form of your self-expression will be, if it's your own book or your idea of, that art that you use to express your story. Guidelines for for getting this done is to make the time. Make the time to get it done. That means discipline. There has to be a discipline. Um, I don't know about y'all, 
but that's a word that causes rashes to break out in my arm, self-discipline. I've never been very skilled at that. Uh, but, you know, there's a self-discipline in writing that takes on a different form of life. It takes on its own life. So where I may have lacked discipline as far as working out, as far as diet, <laughs> as far as prayer, um, as far as reading, there's a different discipline in writing that doesn't shame where the other disciplines may have weakened or failed. But it has to be one, you know, and it is to make the time. Make the time to write. Number two, don't wait for inspiration. I know that might sound contraindicative of what we usually hear. Um, I'm not inspired. Well, don't wait to be inspired. Um, there's a meditation that can happen by writing. Even though I may not have the inspiration to write my story, well, meditate by writing. In other words, write about something else. You know, have a side pad that might be like a journal, you know, or a diary or, or a highlight or a tape, a, a voice recorder or something that can even that that can even be talked out through thought. Um, instead of waiting for the inspiration, create the inspiration by talking about yourself to yourself, writing about yourself to yourself, um, which most of us do anyway. Uh, journal writers do it all the time. Um, there, there's something about journal writing that first can't happen if I'm not going to engage my thoughts about what it is that is inspiring me to write in the first place. So there's the inspiration right there. You know, there is meditation by writing. Even if I just write something that has already been written by me, write it out again to see if it turns into something else. But find inspiration through your own developed course of action that has already been applied. You'll be surprised how much one can inspire oneself. Number three, tell the truth. Be open and honest with yourself. You know, this is this tell the truth isn't, you know, run down the street, you know, stopping every stranger along the way. I want to tell you all the terrible things I've done in my life. No. <laughs> in fact, this is the inner stranger, you know, the person we avoid inside of ourselves. Tell the truth to that person. You know, we're only as sick as our secrets anyway, so we might as well be open and honest with ourselves. You know, it's not a requirement to lie to me when I'm just talking with me. You know, probably I'll spend most of the time justifying my dirt anyway. <laughs> so you'll just be, you know, like, yeah, damn, I really did. Well, I, I don't want to get too colorful. So I really did mess that one up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I could be riding down the street, the highway of life, heading to Chicago from Plano, Texas. You know, it usually takes about 13 hours. And I could just be taking in the sights. I mean, I really meditate a lot when I drive. No, I don't forget that I'm driving, but sometimes, you know, driving does take care of itself. But I don't fall asleep. <laughs> but anyway, you know, and I'm just my, just enjoying the, the set and the setting. And then a thought will pop into, a, a, a memory will pop into my head that maybe happened 20 years ago, and it just shifts the whole scene. And, and, and then I'm shamed, and I'm, I'm browbeaten, and I'm like, 
why in the hell I did do that? What, you know, and now I'm in a course of self-destruction that it otherwise had been a, a sunny day, you know, and it's like, where does that, and I would, for the longest, I would dread it when it would happen, but I can never anticipate it. It's like trying to anticipate a dream, you know, it's just, you know, it doesn't happen till it happens. And it was one, I was at a workshop, and I was co-facilitating it in the mountains of, um, um, well, wherever, you know, somewhere, wherever it was. That's not important right now to the story. And and I was sharing this to the group, this thing that I do to myself, you know. And um, I felt like I was really giving some, some credibility to it by being a co-facilitator to be so transparent, telling a story that was fresh and not one that I saw any healing from. And the participant raised her hand, and how dare them, right? raise their hand while I'm in the middle of my self-deprecations. <laughs> and she said, well, Bill, maybe you need to change your perspective. And it's like, how dare you? I, I'm a co-facilitator. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. That's not what I was saying. And I've learned to put that plastic smile on my face that looks like it says, oh, this is just so cute. <laughs> but anyway, she said, maybe you need to change your perspective. Maybe... Uh, instead of thinking about these things that come to you as being these moments of dread, maybe they're just snapshots from your soul, little moments in time frozen to remind you of how far you've come since then. And I thought, that, you know, so it's like these yardsticks. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, that did happen to me. Yeah, these circumstances did transpire. But look at where I am today as a result. What is that line I love, Will, from Amen? Um, how did it go? Doggone it. And, of course, I'd have to sing um, the whole song to remember it right now. But Amen uh, the, to all the things that happened that's made me who I am. The crazy things that happened that made me, the crazy yeah. things that happened that made me who I am. Yeah, and it's like, use that, man. You know, and it's like, that's what I heard her saying. These are the crazy things that happened. But they made me who I am. Yeah, I still might be batshit crazy, but I'm not out of control. I've got some perspective right now. So all the crazy things that happen, yeah, they're reminders, little snapshots to say, man, appreciate how far you come. But I would never get there if I'm not willing to be honest with myself. Number four, disconnect. At some point in writing whatever your book is, Need to disconnect, need to just step away for a minute and smell the coffee. You know, just dis- disengage, just free the thoughts. Breathe is a perfect way to free thoughts if it's meditative breathing. And the mind is not equipped to do two things at once consciously. If it was, if that was a requirement, we'd all be dropping dead because we'd have to think about breathing every minute. <laughs> so. You know, the mind doesn't have, doesn't, isn't equipped to do that. So breathing as a concentrated effort is a perfect way to calm thoughts. I'm talking about full cyclic breathing, though. Not most Americans, if not all of us, but definitely most of us, we're shallow breathers. We don't really breathe in very deeply. And if we don't breathe in very deeply, then we can't exhale very thoroughly. You know, so we breathe in the old and, and, and you know, we breathe in the new and we breathe out the old. That's the whole idea of, of breathing as a meditation. You breathe in the new fully, 
and in cyclic breathing with no interruption, no space between the breaths. You breathe in fully as much as possible, at least getting up to about a count of seven. Now, a count of seven could be one and two and three, or it could be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> whichever way works best, you know. So you breathe in at whatever that count is, and with non-interruption, breathe out. And the idea is to see how many times you can do this cyclic breathing before a thought finally works its way in. If you can do about three or four of them without a, a thought invading the process, you've done great. And then the idea is not to beat yourself up. Because, oh, now I'm thinking about my bank account. I'm thinking about, you know, this movie that I just watched. I'm thinking about the kids screaming in the background. Just, you know, notice that, okay, my thoughts have taken me out of my flow. And just go back to the process again. It's a learned endeavor, you know, that improves with discipline. So disconnect. Just step away for, for, for some moments in time. And I know you're probably one of them too busy folks. You know, I'm too busy. I don't have time to be doing that. Well, it was this businessman who had a series of heart attacks and realized his his way of life was killing him, but he didn't knew nothing about how to change the flow of his life. So he went to see this guru, you know, um, that someone had recommended. And he went to the guru and said, my life is, is, is killing me. I'm a businessman, but my life is so programmed that I don't have any time in my life to, to do the things that can bring me calm. And the guru said, well, my son, I suggest that you take 10 minutes out of each day and just in quiet reflection, just breathe. And the man jumped in. I, you don't understand. I don't have time to do that. My time is so fixed that I don't have a moment to myself. Yeah, I know that it's doing what it's doing, but it's the way I live. And the guru sat patiently after the man was through with his rant, and he said, I understand, my son. So forget 10 minutes. In your case, I suggest that you do it for an hour. <laughs> you know, so it's like my way is killing me. You know, so let's try another way. Ten minutes ain't going to work for me. So then do it for damn hour. You know, but, but disconnect for as long as it takes to cleanse the mind and the creative energy, to reconnect. Number five, find mates. Mates, M-A-T-E-S. Find some mates, some some collaborators, um, those who share your common interests or those whose interests are commonly shared, however you want to phrase it. Now, that may not be your, your usual circle. Um, like I, I belong to a prayer circle where there's things that I look for in the prayer circle, I'm not going to expect the prayer circle or I don't expect the prayer circle to provide. Um, so though it can be inspirational in its own right, nevertheless, you know, the idea is to create a circle of like minds in regards to, let's say, writing. You know, because failure to do that is to assume that all circles are the same. Well, what an unfair thing for me to do to my obligated friends, you know, obligated friends, right? Those who are obligated to be in your corner, <laughs> whether they like it or not, and you hold them to it. Uh, you know, well, that, that, you know, that those obligated friends with, you know, with, with good intentions, I'm, I come to them and I'm talking about, yeah, I'm writing this book. And they go, oh, my God, not you too. <laughs> Everybody's writing a book these days. You know, and, and so all of a sudden I can hear the air of my balloon just deflating. My friends didn't mean to do that. They were just giving a reaction and a response to that particular depth of our relationship where they could 
you know, give that honest response without thinking about hurting my feelings. So, but, see, in a writing circle or a circle of those who are in that creative mode, you know, you, when you mention writing a book, you might hear something like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to ski. Or, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really deep into meditation. You're going to hear everybody talking about what everybody is exploring about themselves. And that broadens the scope of understanding of what it takes to engage that creative genius that rests in all of us. So you can be selective about, you know, your mates. And you can, the circles can be as plentiful as necessary, as long as it's not circles to avoid truth and honesty about myself. Okay, number seven, listen. And that's a heck of a word, listen. You know, so the, the challenge is to discover what is pleasing to your ear. It's always the distractions of noise going on. So ask, what am I listening to that is pleasing to my ear? And it may not be what I'm hearing, you know. It may require me to tune out what I'm hearing and seek what I need to listen to that is soothing or pleasant to my ear. You know, there are, there are constant invasions of noise that, you know, others around us aren't even considering. You know, because they don't, they don't, that's not a requirement. They're not considering whether this is disturbing, you know, to me or not. You know, I've, I've heard many different forms of music that have um, transpired over the course of my life and, um, and language along with it. I struggle, I struggle in ways that others much younger than me don't. When I hear, you know, music laced with profanity, graphic profanity, sexual uh, profanity, whatever the connotation of, of it is, I'm not a prude. I just think of music selectively as being pleasant to my ear. I have music that I like. So when I hear someone else's music that they like, I'm not you know, required to... Sorry, what was that? You need to mute somebody, Will. We're getting some feedback. I'm on okay. it. I'm on it. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Um, I didn't know if you were taking a coffee break while I was doing this thousand-word dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. No, I'm <laughs> not yet. All right. You know, I, and so it, it's not a requirement of somebody to play the music that's pleasing to my ear. It's me to pay attention to what I'm hearing as opposed to what I would rather be listening to. So, you know, I might not be able to escape the moment, but I don't need to embrace the moment like it's pleasant. I don't need to engage it like I need to go into combat either. You know, but I, I do need to recognize where this is taking me as opposed to where I would want to be. You know, and um, that doesn't work for me, but because it doesn't work for me doesn't mean it doesn't work. You know, there are there are songs of rap, that I can get very much into. But then there are, you know, and there are groups that I can listen to that, you know, that they're, some of their um, hip-hop isn't laced with, um, um, you know, the things that are abusive to my ear. I just have to be selective. That's all. And, and not be overly judgmental to the point of just throwing out the baby, the bathwater, and the tub through a closed window that is now going to break. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, oh, you know. Just back up a little bit and just, you know, chill out and, 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 and 
don't take it in and be aware of the noise still taking place and don't feel like I have to engage it. Just let it run its course. You know, tomorrow will come. I use that a lot when I'm in the dentist's office, you know, like sitting in that chair instead of thinking about the moment of discomfort, reminding myself, well, man, in a half hour this will be nothing more than a memory. And since the brain doesn't have the capacity to store pain, it won't even be a painful memory. You know, sometimes we just have to shift time that way. Okay. So um, where am I? Oh, I missed one. I said listen was six. Actually, listen, well, I'm listening listen to six. Number seven, read. You know, okay. read, reading is, 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 now, okay, it's, it's, a, it's like a two-edged sword. So read for relaxation, you know, or for content and inspiration. But be careful. You know, if you're reading for relaxation or if you're reading for context, not content, but context, like getting a perspective or inspiration, make sure that you're clear about it. Otherwise, reading can be a distraction in its own right. It can be very challenging if you're writing to start reading other things written by other people. Um, and it can begin to, in a negative way, influence the direction of your thought as you're writing. You know, understand something. When you engage the meditation of writing, your psyche is wide open. So for those times that you have um, designated to write, your mind is being flooded with all of what the cosmos has to offer. That's all, you know, the universe is waiting for those little portals to open up so it can just pour its knowledge and inspiration into us. And you all know what I'm talking about. It's happened to you many times where you start out with one idea, thought, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, where am I going with this? Well, it's what happens whenever you set out to write a book. You know, for that time designated, your psyche's wide open. So if you're reading for inspiration, that is encouragement, that's one thing. But if you're reading for ideas, then it may just shift your idea about you. And you might wind up telling your story that it's going to look like um, Aldous Huxley or somebody. So be real, be, be cautious, be aware. That's one of my favorite words, be aware. So be, B-E, and then uh, parentheses around the A, and then where. So it's be aware or be where. You know, don't, don't be too quick to seek outer inspiration to tell your inner story. Number eight, you know, write what interests you. You know, do you know? Do you know what interests you? Do you interest you? You know, this is about you. How interesting are you to you? I'm talking about, you know, I've heard more than one person say, oh, nobody wants to hear my story. Or, I don't have an interesting story to tell. Well, how interesting are you to you? You know, now that this is the vehicle that you use, that you, you, you're going through life with for the rest of your life. You know, if you're not interesting to you, how interesting can you be to others? <laughs> and therefore, how interesting can others be to you? You know, if it doesn't start with you, where does it start? So, you know, are you willing to be interesting to you? You know, if you are willing to be interesting to you, and you're ready to write a book about you, but you better believe if you're not interesting to you, you're not going to do it. But what a hell of a way to go through life. 
not being interested in yourself. So write what interests you and make you that primary source of interest. Don't give up your day job. That's number nine. Well, unless your day job is to write. You know, um, sometimes, you know, I understand what the context of it means. You know, don't give up your day job means don't expect, you know, riches to, 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 you know, financial riches to come drifting down from the heavens all of a sudden. You know, um, don't expect it, but that doesn't mean don't, don't, don't dream about it. Don't hope that it happens. Don't want it to happen. Don't give up your day job means don't make writing um, your expected outcome that's going to pay your bills tomorrow. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. But unless your day job is to write, then let the job that you have pay for your writing. You know, yeah, go ahead. Don't give up your day job. Let it pay for your writing job. But your writing job requires the same type of dedication that your paying job does. And number 10, don't complain. Now, <laughs> I don't agree with that one. <laughs> As anybody near me would, 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 would confess, yeah, man, because, you know, if he sees you coming, first words out of his mouth is, man, I'm so tired of it. <laughs> and just fill in the blank. Not, hey, how you doing? What's up? It's like, man, I am so tired of it. It's like, here comes, here comes crabby apple grass. <laughs> Get off my lawn. You know, so don't complain. Well, at least be selective with your complaints. You know, don't complain to, don't complain to someone who retreats from you. You know, you're trying to complain, and they're like, hey, man, I got to go, I got to go. And you're chasing them down the street. Hey, wait, you haven't heard my complaint. They're like, hey, get away from me. <laughs> police, police. So, you know, don't complain to someone who retreats from you, you know. But instead, complain to that person who's going to remind you of the starving children in Ethiopia. <laughs> that's that's who you want to complain to. Because the first thing they're going to say is, you think you got problems. Think about them starving kids in Ethiopia. You know, so, yeah, that's the person to complain to. You know, that's going to just shut all that down. So, if you have time and mental energy to commit to writing a complete book, well, do you have time and mental energy to commit to writing a complete book? Are you prepared to develop potentially unfamiliar skills like self-editing and rewriting? Do you have a basic grasp of your main character, you, the plot, and the subject matter? These topics and more, you know, are the ones that have to be taken into consideration. Now, the and more... Okay, let's take a look at that. We still got a few minutes, I think. Yeah, we got a couple going on. All right, number one, and it's going to be about nine of them. Okay, yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff that some of it is repetitive, um, and you decide what sounds familiar to you, and you decide what you need to make a note of, and make well, notes of it. You know, little notes. Yeah, go ahead. Will. Well, what was the last? I'm sorry. What was number with the last point after? Don't give up your day job. Don't complain. Don't complain. Okay. That's really my favorite one. You know, it, it, well, you know, at least be selective in who you complain to. Don't complain to the person that's running away from you while you're complaining. <laughs> you're chasing them down the street. Wait, wait. You know, you've already lost them. You know, they, they'd let you know, man, I'm not. I guess 
but instead complain to the person who's going to remind you of the starving children in Ethiopia. As soon as you start, they're going to listen to your complaint and say, man, you think you got trouble. That's the person to complain to. And for that matter, you know, um, complain until you, hear you, until you get tired of hearing yourself complain. You know, keep on going until you get tired of it. You know, but, um, you know, be selective. All right, did, 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 we good? Got it, Will? Yeah, I got it. Thanks. Okay. And so, um, like I said, some of this now is going to sound somewhat repetitive, and that's okay. You can never hear, you know, the same thing too many times. <laughs> Number one, establish a consistent writing space. Very important. Establish a consistent writing space. Don't make it fluid. Make it concrete. This is my cave, you know, kind of thing. Um, now, it doesn't have to, you know, to write a great book, you're going to need a great cave to write in. It doesn't have to be a mountain retreat, you know, where you're overlooking a, a, a still, placid lake, you know. It doesn't have to, but it does need to be an uninterrupted space. So establish that consistent, write, that consistent writing space that you know is going to be uninterrupted. It's your bat cave. It's the place you can go. It's your fort. Is what was it? Superman? What was it? Fortress of Solitude. Yep, that's it. Okay. You know, you you need that bat cave. I I, um, I gave a a, a book um, as a gift to my oldest son, who happens to be on the line right now, called um, The Way of the Wizard, and it has to do with the relationship between Arthur and Merlin. Arthur, when he was a boy, before he became king and Merlin the magician. And Merlin raised him in what is called the Crystal Cave. And that's, you know, that kind of concept that I'm speaking from. You know, creating your Crystal Cave, that place where no matter what else is going on, you know you always have it to retreat to when it's time for you to get into that creative mode. Number two, hone in on your book idea. Hone in on it. You know, ask a series of questions. Why is it important, your book idea? What attracted you to this idea in the first place? You know, what drew you to, you know, your your, your story about you? Yeah, it could be um, like EA was saying earlier, you know, her mom saying, you know, you got a great story to tell. You really need to tell it, you know, and, and sometimes that's the invitation, you know, that leads to the initiation, you know, that comes from an outside source, an unexpected source. You know, um, someone saying that after you spent the inordinate amount of time beating up on yourself, being uninterested in you and finding you to be uninteresting, that somebody comes along after hearing you express your uninteresting self, say, man, you ought to write a book. (laughs) You know, it's like a person wouldn't say that unless there's meaning behind it. And sometimes they don't even have to understand the meaning. The idea is to understand that it's a divine and invitation to remind you that your creator didn't put you here to be uninteresting <laughs> I'm tripping I'm sorry yeah. uh, I think I'm caffeine deprived you know so why is it important what attracted you to the idea in the first place what attracted you to the story of you in the first place and then ask you know the more challenging question uh, that I think is you may know um, who will want to read it Who's going to want to read your story? I thought my family would. Hell, my family ain't, you know, ain't, ain't nobody can't know it. Like my daughter-in-law said, hey, man, I put that back 
in the closet, in the back of the closet, in the shoebox where it belongs. You know, I don't, you know, my family, you know, uh, I think struggles with the idea of, of me being kind of transparent. You know, it's like, hey, what they going to think? About? I don't know. Maybe it's just that it's just familiarity. Maybe my family is too familiar with my story to think that there's anything that I could write in a book that would be a surprise. So whatever it is, my family, then you know, they're not, I mean, not all of them. I mean, you know, like maybe Will would dabble in my books every once in a while, but that's because, you know, I'll put him on the spot at any given moment. You know, and my nephew Ray, you know, is very, very encouraging. And, and um, but, you know, there, there, there's a few, but the majority of them, like, yeah, 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 man, you know, your time has passed. So you need to find, you know, who will want to read the book, and, and the book will be, the interest will be generated uh, by what you think is the the attractive part of you. You know, um, yeah, this could benefit. This, like, I write a lot about um, my time in 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 in, in um, alcoholism and recovery because you know we write best about the things we know the most about. And and in spite of whatever your 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 um, doctorate or whatever those initials are behind your name. Believe me, the greatest story of you is you, and that's the one you know the most about. That's the one that has followed you every day of your life. You know, that's the one that is constantly snipping at you one way or the other. So there's something about you that others can benefit from. For me, I feel and I will continue to feel that it's my struggles with alcoholism and my eventual um, going into rehab. You know, I'm fortunate enough that this year will be 40 years in uninterrupted sobriety. Also parallels the same amount of time of being cigarette-free. Yeah, reefer-free, too, now that I think about it, you know. So it's like, you know, living life on, on life's terms hasn't been a picnic, you know, but it hasn't required that I get drunk or high over it either. But I feel like that is an audience that I feel like, you know, uh, will always be there. And maybe some will find some inspiration from me talking about it. Number three, outline your story. Good writers spend plenty of time outlining before writing. Detailed chapter outlines, visual maps, or beat sheets. Each And a beat sheet is where each section is plotted out of the book because you might find your book as you write it or your play as you write it or your song as you sing it or your dance as you dance it. It may not have a fluid start from A to get to C, it may go from B to C to A, may go from A to C to B. So your beat sheets will determine the flow and the direction. Your chapter outlines will also provide how you want your visual maps to map out. You know, um, I'm not, I did, I think Dysfunctional by Design has chapters in it. You know, um, what I mean by that table, like a table of contents. But uh, mastering the art of failure doesn't. It's like you know, it's a it's a deep breath before the plunge kind of thing. You know, your references to the book is going to have to be your own highlights. You know, it's not going to really tell you what's coming next unless you look ahead and see each chapter. I mean, each chapter does have a title. It's not just 300 pages of just a, an ongoing thing. You know, it, it does break up a little bit. So hone your book. Hone in on your book idea. You know, begin to be like the hawk. You know, the hawk has like this telescopic vision. So the telescope is wide lens when it's flying way up there. But as it sees movement, the, teles- the telescope becomes more and more zeroed in. It, it, it's like 
boom, 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 until there's nothing in its vision but that rabbit. There's nothing else around. All that hawk sees when it hits that dive is that rabbit, you know, and um, from whatever that point when that telescope kicks in, nothing else distracts the hawk. So that's what I mean when I say hone in on your book idea. Number three, outline your story. Good writers spend plenty of time outlining, okay? Number four, do your research. You know, there is research to be done. Um, research, not just search, but search again. It can be helpful for the time period you're writing about. Um, you know, read books or listen to shows that are pleasing to you that cover similar subject matter. Again, but beware, you know, um, use them as research, but not as the focus of, of you. Um, how can it be helpful with time periods? I'm 74 years old. I didn't grow. I didn't start out 74, living in Plano. So there's time periods in my life, you know, that shift around. You know, uh, what went on? It may not be fluid. It may not start. You know, I was born in 1947, and then I tell a story year by year. No, for me, you know, it's it's kind of in and out, flipping and flopping. You know, but to make a point. Of one thing, I may need to go back to another thing and preface it and then go back to that point to go to the next point. So do your research, though, about what the, um, what the set and setting is. Number five, start writing and stick to a routine. Research, outlining, and idea development are all critical steps to writing your first book. Remember, now we're talking about stepping out here and doing this thing for the first time about me. Uh, and about however I want to express me. This ain't about writing a book on how to play video games or anything like that. This is, I am the focus of this. So as I begin to approach it that way, I need to understand everything is about me, you know, and to schedule a writing time that is non-competitive. What do I mean by that? It, I mean a time designated that nothing else will compete with your attention. This is non-competitive time. If you've got to put a sign out on the door of your bedroom that says, do not disturb, I'm in, I'm in writing factory. Of course, that means somebody's going to come and say, well, they don't mean, he doesn't mean me. So they're going to bang on the door anyway. But, you know, it's like create a space that allows non-competitive time. Um, number six, finish your first draft. As you're writing your first draft, you encounter self-doubt, lack of motivation, and writer's block. That's normal for whatever normal means, although people who write or people who do creative things like this kind of tend to be a little abnormal. But so it's, it, the, the abnormality is normal to feel self-doubt, lack of motivation, or a sense of writer's block. We'll talk more about those in, in future classes. And revise and edit. Every good book goes through many rounds of revisions, believe me. The, uh, Mastering the Art of Failure and Relationships went through revisions after revisions. Even when I thought I was done with revisions, I realized at one point in my revisions that um, I had left something untouched. My book sounded like a book of gripes, like, you know, everybody had, you know, every woman in my life had done me wrong. You know, and, and, and it read like, you know, and hopefully I cleaned most of that, if not all of it, out. But it read like, you know, they were at fault, and I was just this innocent victim. And when it hit me, I was like over four years already invested in it. It's like, oh, hell no. That wasn't the intention at all. That's kind of like what the art of failure was about. Mastering that art means getting all that 
you know, all that junk out of there. You know, it, it's not about a, it's not a book that is is condemn, you know, condemning everybody. I mean, it's not about a, a book about self condemnation. It's a book about understanding, you know, the um, the, the 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 struggles of relationship. Number eight, write your second draft. A chance to consider larger overarching questions that can only be answered after you already have finished draft number one. Your second draft is where you start cleaning up the process, you know, where you start really seeing this thing beginning to, you're starting to see you're moving from caterpillar to cocoon. You know, you're starting to recognize, hey, wait, this is a metamorphosis happening. And then number nine, start the publishing process. But I'm not going to get into this until later on because the publishing process can be defeating in itself. But I'll tell you this right now. The easiest part of writing is to write, or the easiest part about getting your book published is writing. You know, that's the easiest part. It may not seem like it right now, but that's only because right now is where you are. But you'll see before you're done that, wow, you know, this really had a, a, a beautiful message to its own development. The hard part is stepping outside of that crystal cave and now trying to find, you know, those who you hope will be interested enough to to do something with it or that I'll find it interesting enough to do something with it, you know, but we'll talk about this, this starting the publishing process in a future class. So um, got about 10 minutes left. That's pretty much the highlights of what I wanted to cover for today um, in regards to the mechanics of, of, of book creation, but by no means, Am I encouraging you to shelve the previous classes? It's still important, you know, to remember the highlights of the things previously covered, um, especially um, asking, do you have a story to tell? Do you think you have a story to tell? Or if you're not sure if you have a story to tell, there is a story to be told. But if you're not telling your story, who will? If not you, then who? And if not now, then when? <laughs> you know, y'all get off the hook. You know, uh, if not who, then you. If if not, you know, if not you, then who? Rather, you know, if you're not telling your story, who will? And if you're not going to tell it now, when will it be told? You know, I I just don't want somebody else telling their version of me without having me as part of the research. A beautiful movie that really drove that point was several, but one was uh, The Bridges of Madison County. I thought the movie was, and I did, it took me years before I finally watched it because my boy Clint was in it, you know, and I'm like, I'm waiting for Clint to draw the gun, you know. Do you feel lucky, punk? You know, something. You know, Clint, man, you ain't supposed to be this bleeding heart. That's what I thought it was about. I thought it was about this couple whose last name was Bridge. So I thought it was Mr. and Mrs. Bridge, and it's going to be about him and Meryl Streep. And it's going to be about him, you know, lamenting about his struggles with his relationship with his wife. It's like, Clint, man, you macho man. You ain't supposed to be gripping in no relationship. I had no idea that it was this incredible love story that nobody knew about. You know, and that's pretty much how the movie starts. You know, with, um, with the movie starts with the end. And it's about the children grown who discover these journals left behind by their mother and as they enter into the adventure of the journals, they find out a chapter of their mother's life that they were living as teenagers, and they knew nothing uh, what their mother had experienced in the time spent 
when they were away from home with dad at some cow contest somewhere in Illinois. They were from Iowa, and it was about the bridges of Madison County in Iowa that had such an important part to tell about the story. So it had nothing to do with names of people. It had to do with these actual bridges. You know, so it's like this is what a wonderful thing. Though. Like I'm reading the title thinking it's one thing, and as I get into the movie, it's like, wow, it's about this, these collections of journals that this mother had left behind that their children, that she wrote for her children to discover later on after she was gone to justify why she wanted to be cremated and not buried. I mean, man, this is what I'm talking about. So anyway, um, I'm hoping that somewhere along the way, um, at some point during the course of our time spent together, that you'll find the inspiration to find that you are the inspiration. So, Will, that's pretty much where I am, man. What do you think? About ready to land this airplane? Yes, um, you know, I know it might be uh, a lot of information for everybody. Um, you know, yeah. people might be, yeah. you know, driving and things like that. So, um, I wanted to to just make sure I had everything, but there's so much info. So, we definitely um, want like to make what? sure that I mean, we I've got can, a couple of minutes. We can go back and if there's something that stands out. Um, well, we got a couple one note that I one one note I wanted to make. Uh, you know, the original ten guidelines. Uh, ah, that you okay. started with, going yeah. back there, um, the disconnect piece. Um, I guess the the question is: Is it like disin- uh, disconnecting or disengaging with like everyday life stuff, and just taking those moments to disengage from those, you know, moments of life, or disconnecting? Like, what? I, I guess the question is when. It's what to disengage from. It's to disengage from the book what? itself. Okay. Yeah. To from the book itself. From the, yeah. From whatever okay. that whatever that book is for you, as it's in the creative stage, you know, just at some point, you know, just make it the reward is to not be so absorbed that it takes up all of your life. It's like mm-hmm. at some point, re-engage life. You know the the funny thing about writing a book is that even with the with the plot and even with the character and even with the direction and the outlines, stepping away from it just for a moment's breather to reengage life still can provide inspirations to otherwise consider to add to what I already thought I was going to do, and that's what the value of first and second drafts are, you know, like, wow, I didn't, yeah. Because, you, you, again, remember, whenever we engage the creative process, our psyches are wide open, so the information is going to flood in like it's never flooded in. So sometimes I need to back up and just, you know, let the portal close a little bit, you know, and just like, you know, um, do something I don't ordinarily do or do something that I enjoy doing, you know, like um, just going to a movie. Or a couple hours watching a movie at home, but you know, just you know, and it, and it can be a movie that you know can parallel with what I'm writing about, but it's still disengaging enough to let ideas you know reconnect and, and begin uh, its own flow. You know, um, a reminder that okay, yeah, I'm, I'm still out here. You know, okay, doing me and the yeah, 
and the uh, the the number ten part of that uh, don't complain. Um, I think that <laughs> no, I, I, I that's, that's that's cool because I think it kind of goes along with number five and mates and uh, you know finding mm-hmm. you know those moments of yeah. of, of engaging yeah. with like-minded people. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. even if you do complain, you know, at yeah. least you have some support uh, with those right. those mates or those like-minded individuals. So um, absolutely, like it becomes how, a circle yeah. of complaint. Yeah, permission mm-hmm. to complain. You know, permission. you think you got yeah. a complaint? Yeah, yeah. Wait till you hear mine. I'm just waiting for you to finish. You know, and the thing <laughs> is, you know. <laughs> But it, it's like inspiring in its own right. It's like I'm not out here alone. You know, I may not have the same complaints you have, but you also have a complaint that I didn't even think of because it's not a complaint for me. What a wonderful thing to discover. You know, I don't have to have every complaint, but what a wonderful group to be in where we can express our complaints, you know, to each other as inspiration, not as, you know, put down or let down or, Deflation, but as inspiration, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, give me a chance, yeah, I agree with you there, yeah, I, I don't do that bullshit too, <laughs> yeah, right, know, right on, man, yeah, yeah, right on, man, outstanding. All righty, any, um, any more, man? We still got a minute or two. No, we only got about two minutes left, so I'm gonna let you just go ahead and close it out. But just remind everybody, you know, how they can follow up and you know, uh, access the group page, I guess, or, you yeah. know, when you'll be posting notes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will, I'll, I'll you know, my, my wrists are still a little sore from you smacking them. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> due diligent about regular posts every day on, on, on given, on given topics like what's been discussed today, but also, um, archive topics like week one, week two, or day one, day two, day three. Like right now we're on day one. I want to put a couple more posts up. But I'm going to be putting, I'm not going to, I'm going to be doing it regularly. So it may not be all about one. It may not be, it may be some one, and then the next day some week two. But it's going to be a regular post every day on both what's covered today and what's been covered in past classes. And I don't have Let my me screen, you. so... Okay, if you can queue up um, Amen, that would be great, but go ahead. And okay. your, your last um, comments will be the ones that send us home. Just uh, would you be okay with, um, like, if maybe I wanted to share my notes in, like, a comment section under your notes or something like that? Are Absolutely. you okay with That's that? That's what it's for. Absolutely. Okay. Totally. Awesome. And I would encourage everybody to do that. You know, it's not a time for quotes from, you know, um, um, Rumi or anybody else, it's like your own quotes. Yeah. Yeah, good, good, okay. Good way, yeah, absolutely, man. Feel free to post. Yeah. Cool, cool. Awesome. A lot of information, Alrighty. Dad. You know, yeah. I'm always yeah. proud of you, man. It's uh, an honor to be a part of this with you. It's cool. I feel the same exact way, man. I'm always proud of you, too, man. And you're, you're, my, you're my amen, bro. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. All righty. Um, everyone, I hope that you found some degree of inspiration, you know, and I hope any discouragements, have, at least for the past two hours, have drifted away, you know. And looking forward to seeing everyone next week and reading your comments on our group page. So until later, you know, God bless. Peace.
All right. Made me who I am. 